Thank you. Now let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Raise your hand. Honor the one that's worthy right there. Yeah. Mom already asked me if I had my props. She kept looking for something big like a boat. And I, I didn't have a big boat um, today, but I do have some few props. Everybody excited about today? I'm excited about today. I'm going to talk to you br- uh, briefly um, about the hands of God. That'd be okay? Not hand of God, the hands of God. Um, most of us, hang on, my iPads have decided to, there we go. Most of us are right-handed. Would you agree? If you're right-handed, raise your hand. If you're left-handed, raise your hand. If you're ambidextrous, raise your hand. You can do all things with both hands no matter the task. Yeah. So if I'm right-handed, when I grab the, the nail and the hammer, Jason, you're right-handed? So it doesn't mean you could not nail it with your left hand. It would just take you more time that would slow you in production, correct? Yeah, same as me. When I play softball, Brandon wasn't paying attention. Catherine is left-handed. Okay, Brandon, you get the ball. Mom, throw it back to me. You'll remember this. Sounds funny. Sounds funny, but Brandon automatically grabbed the ball with his right hand while he was catching it, putting it to his left hand to throw it back to me. Why? Brandon is left-handed. Catherine is left-handed. Mom caught the ball with her left hand and threw it, lobbed it. Granny pitched it with her right hand. It doesn't mean that, that she cannot do anything with the other hand. It's her go-to hand. She's more likely to get more done with the hand that is more dominant than if she took the time to try to switch hands and try to train it in her 29-year age. Doesn't mean she couldn't do it. Let me get to my notes. The right hand, if you're right-handed, is your stronger hand. If you look at a bodybuilder who doesn't understand how to build his muscle and he's right-handed, his right bicep, his right forearm will be double in size than his left hand. It's not necessarily that he is always building the right arm. It's because when he leaves the gym, he continuously uses the right arm not thinking that he's not building that muscle during the day. It's the same thing with the left-handed guy. It doesn't mean that his arm, it just means that naturally, if you're right-handed, your right arm, or right hand, your right arm would be the strong one and your left would be the weaker, or vice versa, those that are left-handed. And then you have people like me. You have duality of hands. I can use my right hand and work on a truck. And switch in the middle of talking when my wife needs me as I'm working on this truck and start ratcheting with my left hand. I can get up to bat or switch and go the other way. I'm able to use my hands or my feet to do certain tasks. 
no matter what it is. It's not quite ambidextrous. If you, in your science, boy, you got quiet in here. In science class, science teaches us that left brain drives right hand. And science teaches us that right brain drives your left hand. Which my left hand would be, my left brain stronger means my right hand is stronger. My right brain stronger means my left hand does the functions that it needs to do. But ambidextrous, you can do all things no matter the task. Right hand strong, left hand strong. You can swing the hammer with the right hand strong. You can swing the hammer with the left hand strong. No matter what task is set before you, you are able to complete it because your right brain and your left brain have the same functionality no matter the task. You following me? If you're, if you're ambidextrous, you can write with your right hand. You can write with your left. If I take a pen and I throw it to Catherine and tell her to write her name, she automatically goes with her left hand. If I throw it to my mom, she automatically goes with her right hand and begins. If I throw it to Barbie, who is ambidextrous, I can throw it to either hand and expect the same outcome. If, she, if Nanny goes to sew, she's sewing with her right hand and holding the fabric with her left. If I give it to Barbie and her back is feeling a little weird, she turns and begins to sew with the left hand and holding with the right. She is ambidextrous. God is not left-handed. Because it would mean that he was single-minded and only the right side of his brain pushed strong. God is not right-handed because it would mean the left side and his left hand was weak. There's no weakness in him at all. God is ambidextrous. He is strong both with his left and with his right. God uses all of himself to complete every task at hand. Here we see scripture always speaking to the right hand of God. In Exodus, your right hand has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemy to pieces. In the book of Psalms, now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Psalm 26, you have a mighty arm, strong is your hand, and high is your right hand, O Lord. Again in Psalms, O sing to the Lord a new song, for he have done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm has gotten him the victory. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies. Your right hand will save me. I was thinking about this because I had come across a report that said duality, and I didn't, it didn't click on me what they were speaking of because for all of my life, my kids would even tell you, I would tell them I was ambidextrous because I could do so many tasks with both hands. 
And to find out, I really just have duality of hands. There are many tasks I can do with either hand, no matter what it is. But I cannot write legibly with my left hand. I can barely write legibly with my right. It gets worse with my left. There are a lot of things that, that if, I am, I, if I'm putting metal roofing on a building, it doesn't matter if I'm putting them on this side or if I'm putting the metal on this side. I can hold the drill or the screw with either hand and make it work. I have duality of hands. And I started thinking about that. And in the book of Job, Job says, And I looked for God, and I could not find him. I went forward, and I couldn't find him. I went backwards, and I couldn't find him. I looked for him on the right side, and I could not perceive him. And I looked for him on the left side, and I knew he was doing something over there, but I didn't know what it was. Stay with me. I won't be before you long. God's right hand put the coat of many colors on Joseph, calling him out and setting him aside for greatness. The son of my right hand, strength of God put on him. Talking about Joseph. His brothers throw him in a pit. Is this okay? Everybody following? The fall should have killed him, but the right hand of God caught him. The Midianites raised him out of the pit, taking him to the house of Potiphar, where he was sold from a slave mentality to run in his master's house because the favor of God was on his life. The right hand of honor had positioned him. His right hand has gotten him the victory in Potiphar's house. Joseph was in favor in Potiphar's house till his wife lied on him. His wife lied on him and they cast him into prison. Joseph goes from managing Potiphar's house, the second, to the Pharaoh in Egypt to finding himself in a pit, in a prison. Joseph, even though in prison, goes from managing the house to being an inmate. But even while in prison, he excels and finds himself running the inmates that were in the prison with him. He was set in charge because there was favor on his life. Let me, let me tell you what I heard. The one thing about favor, if it's on your life, it don't matter if you've been thrown into a pit. It don't matter who sold you out. It don't matter which Midianites pick you up and take you to Potiphar's house. It don't matter who lied to you when you was inside that house and told the bunch of lies that were going on. When you have favor on your life from the God that we serve, you'll find yourself in a position that you never expected yourself to be in. You'll find yourself in charge of a Potiphar's house managing You'll find yourself in prison, and somehow you've risen to the top of the prison that you find yourself in after you've been lied on. Come on, go with me. We'll get there, I promise. Some of us have been to hell and back. But whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, you find yourself set apart, rising to the top because of the favor of God on our lives. 
People can't understand why you praise God like you do. They don't understand why you keep giving Him glory like you do. They can't understand why you keep pushing through, why you keep going to that church that sings and praises and worships their hands. They don't understand why that person lied to you and you still want to worship with them. They don't understand why they did you wrong or they did you dirty or they did it behind your back with a bunch of rumors that you're not aware of. They don't understand, but the favor of God's on your life. It doesn't matter where they put you, the favor of God's on your life. The hand of God is strong and he's mighty in his favor to your life. The right hand of God on your life. And the hand of God, the Bible says, and the hand of God was on Elijah. And the hand of the Lord was on Moses. And the hand of the Lord was on Ezekiel. Simply meaning I got favor. We all know the favor of God and his right hand because it is, it is broadcasted throughout scripture about his mighty arm, of what he done with his right hand. I didn't come to talk to you about what he did with his right hand. I came to tell you what he's going to do with his left yeah, I'm going to tell you what he's doing with his left. When we are in a pit and we don't know what God is up to because it seems we cannot find him like Job when he went left, or excuse me, he went right and he didn't see him and he looked left and he could perceive he was doing something but didn't know what it was. You following me? If you think you're shouting about what you see in him do with his right hand, Wait till you see what he's doing with his left hand. Jacob is in famine, not knowing that his son, Joseph, is in Egypt, walking in favor. Everybody following me? God, oh, excuse me, Jacob sends his sons to Egypt because he heard there was bread in Egypt. He heard there was food. He heard there was favor in Egypt. God is blessing Joseph with his right hand, but he's pulling Jacob with his left. You following me? When you decided, excuse me, the, yeah, when you decided that you'd just be okay where you are, that you will serve others, and what God promised you is never going to happen. Just when you learned to make do in the situation you found yourself in, God says while you were taking care of their business with your right hand, I was taking care of your business with my left hand. Good God Almighty, I feel the Holy Ghost. Good Lord. The ambidextrous God who's bottled up your tears, watering the seeds. Yeah, that's in Scripture. Yeah, with his right hand, he's holding the bottle. With his left hand, he's scattering the seed. Good Lord. We can see what God does with his right hand. When I, I, I left a job that I was working for the government, and I took a job driving for, for a trucking company that, honest to God, I applied on Craigslist. It was, with the government, was a guaranteed. It would take an act of Congress. I called my wife, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? She said, her words, screw it, let's just do it. So when I took this job, everyone around me could see the favor on my life because they could see we were no longer in a state of want. 
we were no longer looking for bread. We had already went to Egypt and found favor. You following me? We see directly the results that he's doing because there is favor with his right hand. Abraham was commanded to take Isaac to the mountain to sacrifice. When he got to the mountain, Isaac saw the knife. He saw the wood. But he didn't see the sacrifice. Come here, Brandon, real quick. The whole time, stay right there. Come here, David. You'll help. Grab Brandon by the hand, walk him up them steps that way. A, yep, Abraham is taking Isaac up the mountain, and God is pushing, right there is good? God is pushing him with his right hand. And Isaac is saying, Daddy, where's the, where's the sacrifice? I see the wood. I see, I, 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 I see the knife. But what Isaac couldn't understand with, with God's left hand, he was hurting the ram up the same backside of a mountain. Because Isaac could perceive that daddy was going to sacrifice. What he didn't see, because in favor we see and can recognize what's going on. We're able to see the knife. We're able to see the wood. What we're not able to see is what God's doing with his left hand. Good God Almighty, I feel the Holy Ghost. What, thank you guys, appreciate it. What, what we can't see is on the same mountain, on the backside of the same thing going on. When God was pushing Isaac and he was pushing Abraham just to see if Abraham would be obedient and what God had asked him to do, what he was, good God, I feel it. Yes, sir. What was he doing the whole time as he's pushing Abraham this way? On this side, he's herding a ram that would find himself stuck in a thicket, the crown of thorns that would be on his head to cause there to be a sacrifice. Are you hear what I'm telling you this morning? The favor of God's on your life this morning. They were both coming up the hill at the same time. <laughs> they were both coming up the hill at the same time. Sometimes you can't understand or see what God's doing in your life. But when you have been through the process and obedient and find yourself in a place that God wants you to look over your shoulder and find the answer the whole time, the ambidextrous God who's saying, son, just trust me as he's pushing you this way. And I just want you to realize that you may not understand and you may not see it because favor is pushing you up the mountain so that you'll sacrifice the thing God told you to sacrifice. But in his left hand, God, there is a bomb in Gilead with his left hand, the ambidextrous God. Thank you, Lord. Joseph finds himself in a place where he is focused unselfishly and undecided if I never see my daddy. I'm going to manage this thing well. If he never sees his can, kin, this man has went from a pit to prison and Pharaoh finds out that while he was in prison, he could interpret dreams. And as he interpreted the baker and the, the butcher's dreams, telling them they would be back in Pharaoh's house, God had caused favor on his life to be able to interpret the dreams. 
what he didn't realize as he was being obedient and what God was telling those men while they was in prison, he, he could see that God was showing favor to the butcher and the baker with his right hand. What he didn't see was Pharaoh was having a dream. And with his left hand, God was pushing Joseph out. Good guy. He'd done come out of a pit. He'd done come out of prison. And now he's going to Pharaoh's house. And he has interpreted the Pharaoh's dream and told him what was going to happen. Now he is in control of the gross national product for an entire country. And he's doing it willingly. He's doing it because that's where he's been set. And he says, if I never see my daddy, he was daddy's boy, the coat of many colors. If I never see my kin, if I never see my brothers, he wasn't just looking for the younger brothers. He was looking for his kin, the brothers that sold him into slavery, the brothers that were jealous, the ones that had lied on him, the ones that lied about him. Yeah. The whole time God is, is, is pushing with his right hand the baker and the butcher to the house of Pharaoh, not knowing that the same way he would make his way by interpreting dreams. But in the process of being selfish, God says, I got a plan for Joseph. You can bless Pharaoh and still get back what you lost. God Almighty. In the process of helping them, you can't see God's helping you. While you were working on their situation, God said, I'm working on your situation. If you get all upset at having to manage the gross national product and crying and moaning and complaining about the people who put you in the pit, you will find that shutting down Pharaoh will shut down Jacob coming to your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of us have been on the sidelines so long, you feel embarrassed about the things that you gave up to help other people. Sometimes you find yourself helping people that wouldn't help you. You find yourselves serving people that will never serve you back. You find yourself sacrificing when they never went through famine themselves. Like Joseph, who just wanted to see his daddy. The Bible says that when Jacob heard the news that Joseph was alive, he was revived. In scripture, in Greek, that means stirring up dying embers, which have almost been extinguished under the ashes. Yeah, but look at God. As Joseph says yes to the right hand, that he would serve Pharaoh, that he would interpret the dream, that he would set away the stock so that they would not be in a famine, God is pulling his family back with his left. Everything Joseph thought he had lost has gotten on a camel and saddled up and headed his way. <laughs> the camels are coming. Because when Joseph was standing there saying, we're going to distribute this, this is what this family needs, this is what this family needs, doing what God had pushed him with his right, what he didn't know that a caravan with his daddy and his brothers and his kins had headed towards his way, not knowing they were coming. All he could see is where God had set him. 
And because he chose not to be bitter, and because he chose not to be selfish, and because he chose not to be mad, and because he chose not to walk away, he could have stayed in the pit and said, I ain't interpreting the dream. You put me down here, and I had no reason to be here. But instead, he found himself the second in command of a kingdom. Pharaoh says, I'll put you in charge of everything except for when I'm on my throne. You manage it and manage it well. Because Pharaoh said, and the Spirit of God must live inside of Joseph, the right hand of God on his life. And while he's doing that, his daddy gets the news that the long-lost son, the one that he thought was dead, the one that he thought his relationship had been severed because death had, had been entered into his mind. Saddle up, boys. You got to Egypt and traveled by two ways. You either got on a donkey or you got on a camel. They were not going back to where they were. So they got on the camels to haul the rest of the stuff. And they're headed to see Joseph. Here you are finding that God has moved with his right hand. But I'm here to tell you that God is moving with his left hand. The camels are coming. The child is coming home. The job is going to turn into a business for you. That loved one that you lost has heard that you're alive, and God is going to do it again. This is the ambidextrous God that we serve. The first mention of the right hand of the Bible is Genesis 48. Aaron and eight, uh, where, where Joseph takes his sons Ephraim and Manasseh, and he's going to have them before his daddy, Israel, Jacob, and he's going to bless them. And right there is good. Just stand right there. And Joseph took them both quickly, Aaron. What are you waiting on? Get up beside your brother. Joseph takes them both, Ephraim with his right hand, towards Israel's left hand. And then Israel stretched out his hands and laid it on Ephraim's hands, who were the younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, guiding his hands knowing for Manasseh was the firstborn. In Scripture, any time that the father would bless, the right hand would bless the eldest first. Let me show you this picture that Israel, Jacob, is doing to Joseph's sons. Turn around here, boys. Thank you, boys. Joseph did not like what daddy was doing after he got to Egypt. So he tried to move his hands. <clears throat> but Israel refused, explaining to Joseph that the younger brother was destined to be greater, with his descendants becoming a multitude of nations. Ephraim first. Is there a reason for God's right hand of favor and blessing breaking tradition? Manasseh means making forgetful. And connects with the statement of Joseph, For God has made me forget all my toil in my father's house. But Ephraim means fruitfulness. 
Joseph chose the name for a reason. For God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Now, what you'll find out later is Ephraim and Manasseh never fought. They learned to work together. Why is this important, Jeremy? Um, Let me get uh, Rich and you, sir, if you don't mind. Why is this important? Let me tell you why that's important. Just stand right here in front of the steps, side by side. Uh, I, I did. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. Didn't no face of me, Rich. Why is this important? Catherine, come hold this up so they can hear me because this is important. Oh, right there is good. Why is this important? What God's doing with his left and what God's doing with his right. This is Jesus. This is us. And when the Father sees Jesus standing before us, Josh spoke about it. I thought he was going to preach the message. I thought he was going for it. Jesus, who was out without fault, like Joseph, who was sold, who was, who was beaten, the Father says, yeah, but I'm going to lay the curse on you. So if this is us, he's blessing us as joint heirs with Christ. And saying, y'all are going to work it together. Are you following me? Thank you, gentlemen. Are, are, are you hearing what I'm telling you? Because we didn't deserve what Kate was coming. We deserved everything that was coming to us. And the Father says, not so, because there'll be fruitfulness on the joint heirs that I'll cause with Jesus. When I throw my wrath at him, you may not see what God has you has pushing you towards with his right hand. And you think that's favor? Wait till you realize what he's doing with his left. Wait till you can see. You think you're walking in what he called you to walk in till now? Wait till you see what he's been bringing up on the backside of the mountain that you're about to see. It's important that you get that because we all, we all talk about what God does with his right hand when we're in favor. There's a word between the right hand of God and the left hand of God, process. It's not a lottery ticket that you get. It's God saying, will you be obedient enough and trust me? Like Job, when he come looking for me, when he didn't see my right hand. But he didn't perceive my left hand. But he knew something was going on. Sometimes in our life, it feels like God is pushing with the right hand. And we question the whole time. Abraham, the Bible says, and it was counted to Abraham for righteousness because he believed God. I'm convinced Abraham knew had he sacrificed Isaac, God would either bring him back or give him another son because the promise was that he would be the father of nations, many nations. What are you willing to say? What are you willing to do? How far are you willing to go when God is pushing you with his right hand? Some of us have said, yeah, but God, now I'm, I'm in this place I'm doing this. I'm making this. You know, my job's going well. This is going well. What what are you doing here? And God's saying, if you'll be faithful where he set you, he's pulling Jacob your way. That's strong. 
some of us are saying, God, I, I feel you pushing me up the mountain to offer this sacrifice. I hear you telling me to walk away from that job. I hear you telling me to walk away from that person. They left me. Let them walk. Let them go. That's, that's, that's deep. Somebody need to hear that. Let them walk. Let them go. The Bible says they were among us, but they were not of us. So it feels weird when they're in that season of life with you and they're no longer there. It doesn't mean that you hate them, that you don't love them. They're not of you. So when God's pushing you and it feels like he's separating, come here, Michaela. It feels like God's separating. Pull, pull my hand, pull my hand, pull my hand, pull my hand. It feels like God is separating from you with the right hand. Look what he's doing on his left hand. Oh, oh. So you're telling me that while he's pushing me this way, he's bringing somebody else that might step either into her life or our life? Yes. That's what he does. He's the ambidextrous God. He is right brain strong. He is left brain strong. He does all things in all things. And while it feels like through the turmoil, through, through the process, through the pain, through the agony, through the sacrifice, God's pushing us with his right hand. But I'm telling you, you cannot see it. But I want you to perceive like Job did, he is doing something with his left hand. He is doing something on your behalf. If you thought the blessing was coming to you whenever you could see what he was doing in your job, in your family, in your finances, in whatever state of mind you're in, you found yourself in a pit because they lied on you. They told rumors about you. They hated you. They stoned you. They said everything that they could do to you. You find yourself in somebody's house thinking, well, this is a little bit of favor, and you get lied on again. But for some reason, while you were in the pit, the Midianites found you. You find yourself managing somebody's house. Then you find yourself in prison. And now you find yourself in Pharaoh's kingdom running the nation. And while it feels good, Joseph continued to do what he was called to do, but he still wondered about daddy. He still wondered about his brothers. He still was looking for his family. God is looking for his family. And while he's pushing you with his right hand, he's saying the whole time, I'm doing something with my left hand. It's for your good. It's for your favor. That's what it's all about. The goodness of God. Excuse me. Ashley, come here real quick. Jacob. I saw this. I wasn't sure we'd get there. Um, I almost thought this was going to have to be a series. Come right here, sweetheart. Jacob, stand right there. Oh, back up just a little bit. Okay. All right. Some of us, uh, William, will you come play on the keys? Just stand behind her, Jacob. Brandon, come help Jacob. Um, G, will you, will you help them guys? You mind come helping these guys? Thanks, man. Just play something. Just listen to the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I, I'm about done. I told you I wouldn't be here long. Some of you feel like right behind them, buddy. You're going to help them out. You are God's hand. Thank you. Favor, favor, favor. See, I didn't see what God was doing with his left hand. <laughs> I was sitting there wondering if mom was getting a mint when she messed with her pocketbook. I didn't see favor. You, you laugh it up. 
Won't he do it? Right, won't he do it? Some of us, give me some keys here, gentlemen. Some of us are feeling in the position that I'm about to explain to you. And this is the way God showed it to me. The scribes and Pharisees brought a woman before Jesus and threw her. I'm going to portray Jesus. And threw her at my feet. Throw her down. Watch yourself. That's good. Watch yourself. And and, and they, they, they look at Jesus trying to tempt him. And they say, here is this woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. And this is, this is like my daughter, so I've already talked to her. She's good with this. We're good. Okay? Sam? All right. That's my buddy. So they, they, they bring her to Jesus to try to tempt him. And the Bible says they, they asked him what they should do, trying to tempt him. And this is what I saw when, the, when, when, when I was reading this scripture and I was looking at the hands of God. And the Bible says that he stooped and began to write in the dirt. And I heard a father say, thank you, Lord, that he stooped to let her know he'd be on the same level no matter where she was at. <laughs> that in her life, when everything, she legally could be stoned and knew it was coming. And she thought before this Messiah that before him, she'd be cast at his feet not knowing that he would forgive her sin. And with his right hands, he gets the glance like, it's going to be okay, sweetheart. And and he begins to write in the dirt. And the Bible says, And he stood again, and he answered them, He that is without sin cast the first stone. And they begin to drop the stones one by one. The Bible says, which you need to read your history of why this is important, from the eldest to the youngest. Because the eldest taught the youngers what process was and what to do. They had taught the younger generation, gee, just teaching Brandon. No, she needs to be stoned. That's what the law says. And make him a part of it. And those same stones that these gentlemen, scribes and Pharisees, who under Moses' law was legal to do, as they dropped their stones, the stones written adulterous, the rumors the lies, the pit, the prison. Everything that she could be condemned for. Just I want you to see the stones that these, a crowd of them, not just three, these guys just helping me. A crowd of them dropping stones. And the whole time she's waiting to see what's going to happen. The next thing that Jesus does, he stoops again. And this is what I, I was coming down Fancy Gap, driving the truck, and I saw the father with his left hand going, where are your accusers? With his right hand, he's writing in the ground. The Bible says, as if he was ignoring them and didn't hear what they were saying. Read it. It's in, it's in there. And with his left hand, he says, where are your accusers? 
because they've all walked away. They threw you in a pit. They lied on you. They told rumors about you. But I forgive you. Go and sin no more. Some of you, thank you. You can stay. You can go. Whichever's fine. Some of you have felt like this woman. You have been drugged before the master in every way possible. And it felt like, and okay, and some of them were church people. Okay, God, I'll say it. I said it. You can take it up with him. As Bishop would say, the Lord will allow it. And you felt like you, you were brought before all, all these people, and you were pushed, thinking that they were with their right hand in correct order. And Jesus the whole time saying what is left, where are your accusers? I nailed that in the writing of ordinances at my cross at Calvary. And on the other side of this, you're redeemed. You're called. You're, there's favor coming that you can't perceive. There's favor coming your way that you can't see coming. I don't have much more. I really don't. I hope to God that you hear what he's telling you this morning. As you have prayed and you found yourself in a position. And if sometimes you were in a pit. Sometimes you were in a prison. And sometimes you felt like you were on top of the world like Joseph in, in Egypt. Managing the gross national product. And why he was being selfless and selflessly serving Pharaoh. He didn't see what God was doing with his left hand. So as you go home... And as I dismiss, this is what I want you to do. God, I can see what you're doing with your right hand. And I can't perceive what you're doing with your left. <laughs> but I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep pressing through. I'm going to keep going because I heard you say, take that boy on top of the mountain and sacrifice him. Because when you get to the top of that mountain, you'll find out that God's left hand was hurting a ram. The Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. They don't understand why you, I'm telling you, I feel that so. They don't understand why you're worshiping. They don't understand why you do what you do. They don't understand why you teach your kids to raise their hands and honor the glory of the King of Kings who stands in majesty and in awe. It's because I may not see what he's doing and perceive what he's doing with his left hand, but I trust the Father to know. He's got favor on my life. He's got favor on your life and your life and your life and everyone in the room. And in the middle of us doing what he's told us to do with his right hand, in the middle of process, just on the other side of what he's doing with his right hand, his left hand has gotten him the victory in your life, in the things you've prayed for, in the things you've asked him for, in the things that you've, you, you don't even know is headed your way. Thank you, Jesus. Stand with me. Stand with me. Father, I hope I got it to them the way you got it to me. God, I ask that as they leave, Father, that they will see the hand 
of God on their life. And though they may not perceive what you're doing with your left hand, they'll know that you are moving. You are the ambidextrous God who is strong both in his right hand and his left, who in all things knows what's best for our lives. God, I bless you and I honor you. I ask you that you bless this word, Father. And as they go home, Father, they would worship, Father, and water it. Water the seed. As the praise team toiled the ground this morning, and I try to plant and drop this little seed, that you are doing something with your left hand. And we're thankful for it, Jesus. I bless your name, Jesus. I bless this congregation. That you took our place. I love you, Father. I thank you for all things. In Jesus' name.